It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food, let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or TuneIn. Type in the key search, in the key search, the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Boom, you're in there. Okay, so no broken segments. There's no sponsor reads. There's no nothing. This is rough, rugged, and raw. We're going right to it. Um, I basically have a lot on my mind that I want to share with the world. Um, I'm a very open book. I'm a very open person. And I'm a flawed human being. I'm also a sad human being. I always told myself I would never be a statistic of what I'm about to read. Because I know better. I know better. I have the answers because I've seen people fail, so I know what not to do. 50% of all marriages end in divorce. 41% of first marriages end in divorce. If you haven't guessed what the realest podcast episode's about, it's about me and my now ex-wife ending our 20-year marriage, 21 years. Um, I was asked not to do this episode. I was not supported by a lot of people. A lot of people were like, what's your motive? Why are you doing this? I'm not here to trash anybody. I'm not here to make anyone look bad. But I'm here to tell you, I'm a, you guys are my diary today. And I hinted at it in the last few podcast episodes. And nobody ever wants to admit it. But I, I'm part of that statistic now. And I was kind of looking for a sign to get out of it, delete all the you know, stuff and blame technical difficulties and not do this episode. But I said, I need to sign, Lord. So after the Clipper game that I worked tonight, there was a special event, a private event, and a man proposed to his woman, center court. She said yes, but she definitely hesitated. <laughs> and so the crowd was a little thrown off by that. But nonetheless, I saw that and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I had a couple conversations with some people close to me, and I said, I'm not here to trash. I just, I got to get it out because I need to heal. And I got 50-50 on it, but eventually it's up to me, and I went with my gut. 50% opposed, 50% yes, do it. But ultimately, it was my decision and I was nervous as hell, but I said, man, I got to deal with it. This show is for the people, for the average Joe or Jane. You know, I'm a middle-aged man just doing my thing and having fun. And I try to talk about stuff people could relate to. And divorce is something a lot of us can relate to. Um, I never thought in my wildest dreams that it would ever come to this. My doing. Um, I'm going to be raw and I'm going to be emotional throughout this whole thing. So bear with me. And listen and try to see where I'm coming from on this. Um, 21 years is a very long time. 
And I got married very young. I'm 43. I got married at 22 years old. Now, when you're marrying at 22, you're not marrying based off of planning things out all the way through. Ideally, I should have had a house in order. My career should have been established. And I should have had some money put away. I had none of those things. I think I had about a couple hundred bucks out of the military because I got married a week before I was processing out. I had some clothes and a Geo Metro hatchback. That was it. She had a futon and furniture. Like, she was established. (laughs) And there's a lot of people probably in shock right now. Those that are in the inner circle know. And... Is this a tacky way to kind of get it out? Probably, but the closest people in my in my inner circle knew. So I wasn't just, hey, we're going to make an announcement and not tell anyone that's close to us. But yeah, I am a 43-year-old now newly single parent. And I try to think, Different circumstances, how things could have been different. A lot of what ifs. What if I never left San Diego, California? What if I never worked for the Dodgers? What if I never did any of those things? Would I still be married? What if we both saw each other's red flags? What if we waited? We got married after nine months of courtship. Very, very quick. Because in our minds, we, we were ready. We knew what we wanted. And we also said we will never be like our parents. We're not going to listen to them because they don't know what they're talking about. They're divorced. And that's a very bad mindset to have. This won't happen to us. We adopted that mindset. And we thought it was working for us. You know, we would defer certain things. We would avoid arguments and not deal with it. And then the littlest thing would set us off and we would argue over nothing. And then things would come up that we wouldn't expect to come up. Like, man, you mad at me about you don't know what you want to eat, but all of a sudden you're mad because of what I said three weeks ago and didn't keep you in mind. You know, things like that happen in marriage. But we thought we could conquer the world off of potential and ignoring red flags within one another because I'm not a saint. We thought love would conquer all. We thought if we can just do this, this, and that and don't do the things that certain people did, we would definitely be okay. But we never took into consideration our different viewpoints, our different stances on things, our different beliefs over a 21-year period. And we thought we could be compatible because opposites attract. But with all these opposites and yin and yang and all that stuff, there's always a common ground. And I think my opinion, there never was a common ground. And I think there was a lot of compromise on both sides. You know, I would defer a lot because I was told I wasn't good enough at times. I wasn't doing things to certain standards. So then I would back off and say, you know what, maybe you should handle it. And that turned into you never wanted to do anything. And again, I'm not here bashing. I'm not doing any of that. But when you hear it a lot, you start thinking maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you are a screw-up. Maybe you don't do things right. And after a certain amount of time, it does get a little tiring. And I tried. I really thought I was catering. I really thought I was loving. I really thought I was doing everything I could to... Be the best husband in the world. 
You know, I like doing dishes. I like doing laundry. I like vacuuming. I hate cleaning bathrooms. But I would do those things. I would try to be funny or write a song or a poem or do stuff normal guys wouldn't do. Be an active listener. Be a shoulder. Be somebody that, you know, you just look at and knew you would get stuff done. And I know it wasn't the type that could fix a car, you know, or build something. Or if I got something from Ikea, it'd probably take me an extra 45 minutes because I'm not mechanically inclined, but I always tried, you know. And you always try to chase that feeling of when you get home from work, not every day, but. You always want that person to come to the door and greet you and tell you, I freaking missed you today. You always want that. But when you get with somebody that is heavily guarded, you're not going to change anybody that doesn't want to be changed. And they want to change on their own terms. But I really thought if I did X, Y, Z, I could change somebody. And I couldn't. And I was always in a position where I couldn't make my bride happy. I'm no saint. I know I did things to upset her and... It's hard. Like, I only know one way. And I love hard. I overthink a lot. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm an Aries. That's what we do. But I'm 24-7 guy. If you need anything, let me know. If you need anything, let me know. I always want to, you know, my love language was acts of service. and I always wanted to take care of people. If you come to my home today, I'm going to make you feel at home. Kick your shoes off. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? What do you want to watch on TV? What would you like to eat for dinner? Would you like a snack? You know, I'm overbearing to the person. Like, Dude, just chill out. And I'm like that in all my relationships. And people could vouch for that. It wasn't just friendships. It was my marriage. Like, whatever my wife wanted. It didn't matter what it was. I was willing to do anything to be accepted and to be loved. But a lot of what I did was not good enough. And it takes a toll. Now, I'm not going to blame her. There are some things I could have improved on. Absolutely. There are some things I could have took more time on. To get better at. Absolutely. But. I'm somebody who kind of needs to be reassured. I'm, I'm somebody that. Needs to know I'm doing a good job. At times. And. I'm also. Polar opposite. Of who. My bride was. Very liberal. I'm very laid back. I don't get upset easily on certain things, a lot of things. And, you know, she was very conservative. Um, she had her way of doing things, and we clashed a lot. And we didn't think about that or look about, you know, look that kind of stuff up or talk to somebody about it early on in the marriage because, you know, love conquers all. Love conquers all. Love conquers all. And... I just got to a point, excuse me, after a few years where I'm like, I didn't feel wanted, I didn't feel needed, I didn't feel loved. Didn't step out, didn't do anything like that. I just held it in. So I just wanted to be the life of the party and be loved and 
turned all my loneliness to my cell phone. And it was on social media quite a bit. And just texting random friends and say, hey, man, you good? If you need anything, let me know. I'm the helper. I'm the guy that always helps 24-7. That's what I do. And so I wasn't making her happy. I wasn't happy. And it got to a point where mm, we just weren't compatible. I mean, our identity was, oh, there's Jake. Where's you know, where's Jake at? When they see her. And when they see me, oh, where's, you know, where's your wife? Like, we're a package deal all the time because we're always together. But in my mind, and from what I witnessed, I could not make her happy. And I was lonely. And I fell into depression because as a husband, you want to be able to make your wife love you, make your wife desire you, make your wife your wife want to run to the door when you get home from work. I always wanted that. That was like, wow, man. You know, and like she she helped me get through college as an adult and helped me get my career reestablished and whatnot. I will not take away from her. She's a great mom, and she takes care of my kids. But sometimes people are just not meant to be together, and it happens. And I was in denial for a long time because I just knew I wasn't one of those people. But I got to a point where I felt like I was not doing enough. I wasn't good enough, and I felt trapped. Not going to lie. That's just how I felt. Didn't feel like I could express myself. Didn't feel like I can say what I wanted to say, do what I wanted to do, purchase things, you know. So because I felt I exhausted all my avenues of trying to do things. And I wasn't making her happy. And I wasn't happy. I decided to pull the trigger and say, yeah, I I think this is probably run its course. And telling somebody you've learned and seen and done a lot of things with, seen the world together, had children together, been through deaths in the family together, loss of friends, buying a new home for the first time, buying a new car for the first time. You become a stranger and it's weird. So as hard as it was, when I was asked, do I want to do this anymore? I said, you know, I don't. And I couldn't believe that came out of my mouth. But in my mind, I was done. Like, that's it. You know, I did everything for you. You know, I could to try and please you. You weren't happy. You were trying to do everything to please me. We both thought we were trying to do everything we could to make the other one happy, and we both weren't. And I'm not, like, going to put any more business out because out of respect to her, I won't do that. But I wanted my freedom. Not because I want to go out and, you know, <laughs> you know, I've been cooped up for 21 years. Man, I did all that in the Navy. I acted a fool in the Navy. So that wasn't my challenge. I just wanted to be able to just have a say, be able to buy what I want, live how I want to live, and not feel like I'm being judged or critiqued or you know, criticized, whatever. 
You want that freedom so bad, you're willing to pull the trigger quickly. I went out. I'm done. That's it. Love ain't there no more. And it wasn't. And I'm sorry, but it was not. Freedom isn't free by any stretch. Because we're family. So with family comes obstacles. Well, your kids can't just, hey, dad left, cool. You got to tell them. You got to sit them down. (laughs) And you see these little eyes. Looking at you. And they're wondering why they're at a dinner table. They saw my mean daddy fight all the time. Or not fight, but argue. Never fight, argue. And when that comes out of your mouth, and I felt because I was the one leaving, I was the one that needed to say it. I'll never forget the look my babies had when I told her. I think that was the hardest thing. I mean, I went to boot camp in the Navy. You know, I've had surgeries. I've been through a lot. You know, digging in trash cans for money for food, all that stuff. Nothing was harder than telling my children, daddy's moving out. And in their little minds, they can't comprehend why. That was hard, but it was necessary. And I remember when my parents sat me down and they said they were splitting up. I was crushed, but I knew mom and dad weren't going to fight no more. So I I don't know, maybe I was a little more mature than they were because about the same age that it happened to me. But I was like, well, you guys won't fight no more. And they kind of took that approach, but at the same time, it's like, well, so we're going to have to do everything separate. We're going to have to do everything apart. Yeah, we are. And that's when it got them. Like, wow, daddy's not going to be here all the time anymore. That was the hardest part. One of the, well... Not so much that. I mean, there's more hard parts I'm going to get to. But in order to feel a happiness I hadn't had, and here's the thing about that before I go further. I think it's very unfair of anyone on this planet to expect somebody else to make you happy. That is one of the most unfair things to do to anybody. Anyone. You're responsible for your own happiness. And a lot of it was me saying, you aren't making me happy. I mean, I always want to add to somebody's happiness. Like, man, you make, oh, just being with you is this and that. Or, man, I love this. I love this about you. Like, you bring me joy. Which I know for a long time I didn't, and I know that because I didn't feel it or hear it or anything. But I put an unfair burden on myself and her by saying, you know, you don't make me happy no more. I'm not happy. A lot of it's because you don't make me happy. And I was wrong for that. So you go through the process. Well, I, I, you know, I just, I did not take anything other than like a few items and I proceeded to move a couple miles down the road and I went from a nice home to an apartment but my apartment's big and there's no more dingy garage (laughs) I built a studio here in my apartment but there's that sense of loneliness because now You're not coming home to a full house anymore. You're coming home 
to an empty dark house. Then you got to deal with the fact that you're lonely and need to compensate. Now, I'm somebody that's that that does things in excess. Someone on a shopping spree. Bought all the stuff we normally wouldn't keep in the house, like, you know, alcohol. Buying a whole bunch of colored T-shirts, you know. Oh, I'll take 15 of them. Whoa, why? Because it's like a kid, you know, it's like a sailor on liberty that's been cooped up. Kind of relived that moment. And you start calling friends you haven't talked to in a while. Like, hey, you know, man, why don't you come have a beer? Why don't you come to the house, have some steaks, we'll watch some, you know, basketball or baseball, football, whatever. So you start distracting yourself. And at the time, just doing the Clippers and the Kings, I had a lot of free time. So I was home all day long, sitting there, sad, confused, and trying to freaking distract myself so retail therapy doesn't help but you think it does because you're acquiring all the stuff you, you haven't had or haven't had a chance to buy you're still unhappy you want to make people happy you want to feel happy you want to do certain things so you leave yourself to be a little bit vulnerable and i'm just talking about me because a lot of y'all probably never went my route okay you start meeting people that you that weren't in your circle when this thing happened. You're telling people that are close to you, hey, this happened. <gasps> For real? Oh, my God. Yeah, so you start going through that. Then you run into people that you kind of know. But people are opportunistic. And it doesn't matter how much you like somebody or how close you are. We all look for a great opportunity for certain things. So I figured I'm going to try and be a part of a business, distract myself until the Clippers and Kings start up again, roll with some new people that aren't familiar with my situation, and try to start have a fresh start and not think about my soon-to-be ex-wife. So you meet these people that sell you on a dream, and you have like, oh, man, it's going to be fun. You roll with me. We're going to do this and this and that and all this other stuff, and you want to be distracted so bad that everything sounds good that's not Associated with sadness, loneliness, your old life. So you agree to certain things. And then you realize some people don't have your best interest. Some people don't care. Some people say they care, but show you a different way or a different side of them. And then you're like, Freaking A, man, this is like how I was when I was married and I wasn't happy. So then your trust goes right down the toilet. You don't trust anybody. And you know, you're giving and helping people and talking to new people and all, and then they give you sob stories because, you know, you're being so generous. You're buying dinners and you're going out and you're having fun and you're doing this and like, Hey, Jake, can I borrow this? Hey, Jake, can I do that? And all of a sudden, when you don't have it, or you're coming to your senses, then it's like, they become expectant. Oh, Jake, can you, what? Oh, you don't have it? Well, never mind, never mind, never mind. You don't ever hear from them. Or on a rare occasion. So my trust was shot in pretty much everybody. And the constant was my mom and my sister, and they had to hear me cry damn near every day. And I a lot of friends, well, I won't say a lot, but there's there's a couple that just like really, really, really had my back. 
and still do, still do. But I didn't know what I wanted. Then I had to remember. My kids are going to be here half the time, not the whole time. I don't have them the whole time. My decision to be free cost me 50% of my time with my children. And I have to live with that. And I've accepted it. But I also remember and have to know, as I've started to go through it now, nothing's the same. You have your holiday traditions, your family traditions, where you do all this cutesy stuff. And you're together and you do all these things and you take your pictures every year and you go to these same places every year and do the same things every year and your kids love doing those things and you can't do them anymore because it's not the same. And because I'm the one that left, rightfully so, my kids are upset that we're not doing those things because I'm the one that left. And then holiday season. Now, if you've listened to me at all in any of my podcasts, I'm not big on Christmas, definitely not big on New Year's. And the harsh reality is I won't have my kids every year for Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, 4th of July. So it'll be times I will be sitting by myself. Or if I'm blessed enough to have somebody invite me over <laughs> to these events, that it won't be bad. But it's already bad for New Year's. And that's when I start getting weird and not liking it. And all I'm in my head. I'm working this year. But I get off work right before the clock strikes midnight and no plans. <laughs> and it depresses me. And I won't have my kids. So holidays will never be the same. Birthday parties are different because you got in-laws don't want to even look at you no more. It's like, remember we were all tight and going places and camping together? Or when you needed something from me, now you don't even want to look at me? Rightfully so, they got their sister, daughter, whatever's back. I'm the asshole that left. I don't want to talk to you. Even though I have not changed one bit, it doesn't matter. I hurt their family. So then you got to live with that pain. And then all you ever wanted to do is love somebody and give them your all. That's all you ever wanted to do. And your all wasn't good enough. So instead of suffering and making someone else suffer and blaming the other person for your happiness or lack thereof, you you leave. You want that freedom, but freedom's not free. So you got people against you. You're in a vulnerable state. I'm trying to like be around a new circle because when I see old friends, it's a constant reminder that I am now the third wheel when we go out. There's no more double dates. There's no more vacations together. There's no, there's none of that no more. It's me. And then it's them and their family or me and my kids. When I get them, them and their kids, because all my friends mostly have kids. So it's never the same. The whole dynamic, the whole friendship dynamic. Y'all do things together. Go camping together. Go have game nights. You do all those things. And it's different now. You're not getting invited to certain things because it's like, oh, well, you know, it's the family. Oh, do you have your kids that weekend? No? Oh. So it's like you're not going to go and your kids aren't there. But you got to understand that. So there's many a night. Where I had to sit in my apartment, not even a house, not a backyard where I could sit and look at stars and look at sunsets like I used to. Now, granted, I mean, if I'm going to have my freedom, I'm not going to live in the ghetto. I'm going to, you know, I love where I live. I'm not going to lie. Love it. Love it. Love it. 
but it's not what I had. So there's a lot of pain you got to go through. You just got to go through it. And you got to get to a point where you don't wear people out. And I was totally doing that. We're very close friends. Like, as much as they would say, hey, how, how you know, the pick go with the kids, house things, you don't want to just talk the ear off about it. Even though they're sweet enough and say, we want to hear you. Or your mom or your sister like, yeah, no, Jake, we know you're going through things. We want to know what's going on with you. You don't want to wear people out, but eventually you do. And it gets to a point where you may get sent to voicemail. Or you may get left on red. Or you may not get a response for like a couple hours. And Oh, you know, I'm so sorry I was busy. And it's okay. They're not supposed to be there for you 24-7. You got to go through the pain. Because nobody can do it for you. You got to learn that it didn't end the way it was supposed to. You thought you were going to live happily ever after. Two rocking chairs overlooking a body of water and a beautiful place to retire in. It's not going to be reality anymore. And because you made the decision to leave, you can't expect somebody to be nice to you or mad at you know, or, or, or in a good mood with you or anything like that. Because you left. That's on you. I think my problem was I loved somebody so hard that I lost myself. And I think that goes back to when I was a kid and I never dealt with it. Because, you know, I was always seeking my dad's approval. Everything I did wasn't good enough. I was asthmatic. I was fat. I was not athletic. Um, I didn't know how to fix cars. I didn't know how to, you know, do quote unquote manly things like he did. And my little brother, I was different. So I was always seeking approval from him and I never got it. So I figured, well, if I can't make my dad happy or get his approval, whatever woman I get, I'm going to cater to her. And she's going to love my ass, and it's going to be just fine. But when you over-cater, people expect it. When you set a boundary or lack thereof, people will act accordingly. So if you let people know you can hurt, you, they can hurt you, and you forgive them, you set a boundary that they can keep doing it over and over and over and over again. Until there comes a time where you don't want to do it anymore. And it happened. And I'd say, you're losing me. You're losing me. You're losing me. You're losing me. You'll be all right. You'll get over it. So standing up for myself has caused me to do a lot, you know. But I've learned. I have to go through the pain. I never again want to lose myself because I love somebody so much. I'll do whatever it takes, even at the cost of my beliefs or my stances on things or my boundaries. You know, it's like I really want to go here, but because you want me there, I'll be there. Never again. You got to learn to have zero expectation of others. You can't place expectations on others so you're not sad when they aren't feeling the way you feel. I thought if I super serve my wife, if I super serve my kids, my friends, everybody, I'll get that same love reciprocated. That's not how the way that's not how the world works. It doesn't work that way. You can't get the same love reciprocated just because you give it. Not everybody has the same heart that you have. It's like that old story where this lady runs over a snake and realizes, oh my God, I ran a snake over. I might have killed the snake. Gets out the car, picks the snake up, the snake bites her. The lady gets mad. What the hell? Why'd you bite me? I can't believe you. I'm trying to help you. Snake says, I'm a snake. What'd you expect? You can't expect people to reciprocate the love you give. 
just because you're a giving person. If you give, you got to give with no expectation. If you do, you got to do with no expectation. And part of the problem is we put so many expectations on people that we get pissed off when we don't get what we want. So if we know somebody doesn't talk a lot, doesn't listen, ignores ignores you while you're talking, overnight they're not going to change and become that listener. Sometimes it takes some bad shit to happen before they're like, shit, I better get my shit together and start listening. We can change, but don't expect change of others if they say they will do it and they never do. So a lot of my problem was I put a lot of high expectations on people. People are opportunistic. They see you're vulnerable. They see you're in a situation. They see you're a giving person. Let me, oh, let me jump in there. And then you realize, man, nah. So, you know, I'm trying to do a business thing. I'm trying to do all this. Didn't work out. What the hell do I do now? My plans that I thought, you know, this freedom is really costing me a lot. So other opportunities, you know, presented themselves, and I've been blessed in that aspect. But at that point, with three jobs working 70 to 80 hours a week, oh, man, guess what? I can just distract myself by working all the time. Nah. You don't have time to deal with what you're going through. So you proceed to just work, 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 work. <laughs> and not deal with what you're going through. And then last minute you hit people up. I just need to talk to you. You know, I don't, you know, I can't. I'm busy. I, you know, I got my kids to deal with. I got my husband or I got my wife to deal with. I got my son to deal with, you know, or we're, we're out right now. And then you got to realize, damn, okay, go through the pain. So I'm at a point now, I'm on the other side of the hard part. The nights of crying, it happens, not as much. The uncertainty, the damn, I'm scared to surf papers. Damn, I'm you know scared to tell my kids what's going on. Damn, I'm scared to tell people that we're divorced. A lot of people don't know, and I'm sure a few people know after this. And then I also got to realize you're dropping a bomb on somebody. <laughs> and they're like, damn, I really forgot. Like, they're, they're taking it hard because this is the first time they hear it. And I live so public. And I'm so, like, sure my whole life. And that was a problem, too, because even when I was married, why do you have to take pictures of everything? Why do you have to post everything? Seeking approval. I wasn't getting it at home. If I get attention from people, I'm thriving. When I really just wanted attention from one person. And said that on many occasions. So. Things will be finalized in a few months. What do I do now? How can I change? Like, am I ready to just fall in love right away? Absolutely not. I'm so scared to do that. So I'm trying to do things that make me more well-rounded. I stop being a people person and giving all the time. That has saved my sanity and my health. I call it going through my selfish season. Going through the pain because when you, you know, you need storms in order for things to blossom. And I feel that I will blossom and become the best Jake McNeil Warner that I'll ever be by going through the pain. And sometimes you just got to do it alone. And that was the hard part for me. 
Because I thought if I catered, did everything, whatever was needed or wanted at the time, even at the risk of my sleep or compromise, whatever it was, I just thought it would make me love. It takes more than that. The love was gone a long time ago. And I think, you know, like that song from Gladys Knight, neither one of us want to say goodbye. And even it's like, let's make it work, let's make it work. It wasn't. It was not going to work. So I say this. To anybody that's going through this problem, And you're not sure, think about a scenario in your head that would make you fall in love again. If my husband was shot and hurt on the street and or, or, or got cancer, how would I feel about it? Would I not care? Or would I take care of that person with all my heart? People are so quick to give up. I mean, if you fall out of love, you fall out of love that happens. In my case, I was just tired of not feeling loved. And we just love a different way. It's not anyone's fault. I want to be loved a certain way. She want to be loved a certain way. And we just missed the mark. Nothing was going to fix that. But if you've had more good days than bad, and you're just going through a dry spell, really think about what you're doing. I mean, for a while I stayed because of my kids, and I stayed because I didn't want to go through it. It's like a, you know, it's a comfort zone. But nothing grows in a comfort zone. And if I did everything I could to change and it wasn't good enough or nobody wants to change, then yeah, that's exit stage left. It's time to go. But if you can't see a scenario where you can't live without that person, make it work. You know, because it's like, well, I don't love them. They make me sick. Okay. Well, what have you done to try and fix it? Is the love there? Would you get sad if something happened to that person? No. You can love somebody and not be in love. I still love her. But in love is different. It's not there anymore. Like, don't ever let finances be a reason why you split up. But don't let finances be a reason why you stay. But I, I can't tell anybody what to do because, I mean, I'm not an expert, but, you know, only you know your situation. So I just want anyone to hear this to learn from it and be happy. And as I start to wrap this up, I've learned a lot about myself in this process. There was a time I couldn't go out to eat alone. I was embarrassed. I'd take my food to go, and I'd eat in my living room and watch TV because I, I was like, oh, like somebody's here with me. Now I can go anywhere. I, man, I'll go anywhere and eat by myself. It's fine. I could do that. I always had to feel the need of somebody being around me all the time because that's what I was used to. I never want to love so hard that I lose myself. And I've done that way too many times. Friends and spouse. I'm not placing expectations on anyone. And I'm going to be more selfish. <laughs>
Because giving and being helpful and trying to be everybody's friend and everybody's help and everybody's everything has dried me up. I've noticed I've become more of an introvert now. I'm I'm a lot more private than I used to be. Um, social media doesn't even bring me the same joy like it used to, so I've I've backed off on that. With the exception of posting, you know, and promoting the show, I'm learning to love myself again. I didn't love myself for a long time because I was rejected for so long that I felt like. Hell, she can't love me. I don't love me. So there's a lot of self-hatred. So there's a lot of self-destructive behavior. Oh, diabetes is bad. I don't care. Drank a 12-pack of Coke. Knock diet. Regular Coke. And Gatorade. Followed up with some cookies. Whatever, man. I would just hope to get an illness so I could just not be here. Maybe I'll get attention if something bad happens to me. But you know what? If you can't give me attention when nothing's happening to me, when something bad happens to me, it's not going to matter either. So I'm trying new things and learning more about myself and be more introverted, loving myself, being selfish and toughening up and not caring about everything anymore. The world's problems are not mine anymore. I got to worry about me and getting through this. I'm a divorced man. I am a single parent. Two things I thought I'd never in life thought I would say. But that is my new reality, and I'm accepting it. Yes, I still hurt. Yes, I still cry. Yes, I still go through all the things that I, you know, I go through a lot. But as time has gone on, I've learned to live with a lot of those things and a lot of that hurt and a lot of that everything. And I think I'm a better person for it. I'm definitely more guarded now. You know, I got friends like, man, especially when I did my three-day stunt of no social media. I alienated myself from a lot of people. And even at that most harshness of alienation that I did to people, alienating I did to people, I think I may have damaged some friendships and relationships by doing that. I really think I affected some friendships because I just disappeared and didn't tell anyone, didn't want to talk to certain people. And I'm sorry, really sorry. Really sorry. I'm human. I get scared to be hurt, no matter if it's friends, spouses, lovers, whatever. Not that I have any. (laughs) But I'm flawed. But I'm an an underdog. And don't ever underestimate an underdog. I fought the odds in every part of my life. And I am out to show the world that this will not define me, but is something to make me stronger. A lot of people are asking, even tonight, why are you doing this? Why would you do an episode where you just talk about being open and going through a divorce Failed businesses, failed, you know, friendships, all that stuff because of your vulnerability of what you've gone through. Been through a lot, sacrificed a lot, and done made a lot of stupid mistakes to try and compensate or fill that void that you would never fill until you deal with it. Well, I'm hoping that somebody hears my story. And know that it, better days are ahead. You just got to go through a hell of a lot of pain to get there. 
Because there'll be nights where your friends aren't available. Your family's not available. No one's available. And you got to sit there by yourself and go through it. I was working jobs. I was working out like I do now, going my long walks. Dropped 20 pounds, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I heard that applause. Thank you. But it doesn't go away until you deal with it. So if you got to sit there and cry, sit there and be miserable, take a nap, cry in the shower, I do that. Great therapy, by the way. You just do it. You do what it takes to get through. And I'm not saying, you know, like I didn't, I don't need a beer, I don't need weed, I don't need nothing like that to get me through my problems. I've really just dealt with them head on because there were nights where my family wasn't available, my best friends weren't available, and I'd sit there. Because you ain't going to just burden people because you will chase them off. But I am learning to be selfish in a good way and loving myself again. Because I did not love myself for at least 10 years. Because I didn't feel loved. Because I put that burden on the other person to make me happy. So there's resentment. You got to bring the happiness and match each other's happiness. So I have a lot of free time. Well, it's not basketball season or hockey season. And I'm sacrificing sleep to do this podcast. I let it out. I feel a lot better. I'm sad. I'm a work in progress. To all my friends and family, thank you so much for being there. I would not have got through this without you guys. Y'all know who you are. I will not embarrass y'all by saying names because people don't operate that way. But those late night phone calls, those pity, hey, come and see us visits, hang with us. Thank you. Those got me through so much. I could never repay my friends and my family for helping me get through this. You are not your past. You are not your mistakes. You are not your failures. They don't define you. I failed in marriage. I did not fail at life. I don't know if I can ever get married again. I'll be honest. Because it's a lot. Probably can't. And now I'm taking the time to focus on me. Be a great father and dad. And try to be successful with what I'm doing. Try to take this podcast to the next level. And just start living life on my terms. I couldn't make somebody else happy. Or feel loved the way they wanted to. And I couldn't feel the love that I wanted. So I'll take a break from it. My goal one day again. Is to find that somebody. That look in my eyes. And say I love you so much. That was one of the best feelings in the world. If you're going through it, try one last time. Fellas, ladies, if y'all going through it, and you think you're done, try one more time. Try one more time. Look him in the eye. 
and see what each other's looking at. You still feel even the littlest, littlest part of, yeah, I still love that person. Don't give up. Work it out. Try. I can honestly say I did. Yeah, maybe not counseling. But I don't want to get deep into it. It's business. I don't want to, you know. But just try. Think about it. But if it ain't there, don't be unfair to each other. Seek your happiness. Seek your freedom. But don't be in denial. What you think is, I'm not in love anymore, could just be, I'm not in love with the situation. We get lazy when we're married, and we don't try as hard because we already got the person we worked our ass off to pursue. I honestly busted my ass, and it wasn't enough. I have no regrets other than my kids aren't in the situation they want to be in. But I have no regrets because I know I give my all. 100%. And it just wasn't somebody else's expectation. And that's okay. That's going to happen. But if you have a shot, make it work. If you seek that freedom, don't wait. One of my very best friends in life said, do you want to be happy at 42 or be happy at 52? The difference is 10 years. And that could make you very bitter. And by the time you're 52, you're not happy. And you're forced to fix your situation. I am a work in progress and will continue to be so. So, yes, I am going to be more introverted and I'm going to fall back a lot more and kind of just observe life from afar for a little bit. I'll still do the podcast, but I'm not going to be as visible, kind of just learn more about myself, learn who's in my circle that love me, learn about myself, get myself right, get my health right, get everything else right for me and no one else. Not to try and win another woman or none of that. No. Got to do for me. If you got a shot, you can make it work. You just have a little bit of love left. Try. And if it doesn't work, you're not a failure. If you try. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, to listen. I know it's just a whole bunch of rambling for an hour. But that's the big reveal. I am a single father. Never thought I'd say I'd be a divorced man. I wish my soon to be ex the best in life. And I pray that she finds somebody that's a hundred times better than I ever was. So she doesn't have to be sad over someone like me. I wish everybody happiness and freedom. Love the skin you're in. No regrets. Wake up to smiles. Wake up to happiness. Think about those things. Live your life. Don't don't compromise yourself for anybody. And just because a place is comfortable... Hell, you can make a cage comfortable. Don't sacrifice happiness for comfort. Because you could be comfy and cozy with an evil scowl and a mad dog look on your face. 
I'd rather be happy and struggle than be comfortable and miserable. Thought I'd say, next episode of the Big Brother Jake podcast, I will be replaying or repurposing the Thanksgiving episode. That is the highest rated Big Brother Jake podcast of all time in the show's history. Everyone loves the Thanksgiving episode. So I will rehash that and repurpose it for next week. Episode 50 is fitting that the most listened to episode is episode 50. Halfway to our grand celebration. And yes, there are a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline for the Big Brother Jake podcast. I've been working with some great people behind the scenes that are my best interest. (laughs) Really do because I did my research. (laughs) And people I've known a hell of a lot longer. You're going to see some things on this podcast. I'm telling you, be down. Say, you know, day ones, all my day ones still here that listen every week. Best believe this show's going somewhere. I'm going all in. I'm done with music. Oh, by the way, <laughs> except for this, my boy is Wacko5 at W A C K 05. Wacko5. They're this crazy ass rap group from Oxnard, the 805. You know, 805 is a zip code or area code, um, and locals call it WAC 05. So they kind of named the band after that. They got a song called Tuka Tuka that's on all digital platforms produced by your boy, Big Brother Jake. These kids are wild. They've opened up for people like Dave East, Young and May. They, they've done, they, they've, they're really making noise, and I'm going to promote that. So even though I've retired from music, I produced a joint for them, and there'll be some stuff down the pipeline. I'm done making music. I'm done, but I will still produce for other people. So check that song out, Tuka Tuka, produced by yours truly. Uh, Thanksgiving episode next week. Um, Until then, love one another. Thank you for your ear. Thank you for allowing me to just throw up. (laughs) and just blast and brain explode all over y'all. I feel so much better. But now you know, I'm so transparent, but now's the time to fall back a little bit, recollect, and see where this new journey in life takes me. To all my friends and family that were there for me from day one, thank you. I love you with all my heart, and I owe you big time. So until then, Get ready for next week. Thanksgiving's upon us. Some of y'all going to just buy the nicest clothes you can to sit in another living room. I'm eating out, so whatever. I'm going to dress up and eat out. I will not be in somebody else's living room. So until then, I want to say have a great week. Love everybody. Love to everybody. I love y'all. Thank you. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for listening. Thanks for retweeting, reposting, sharing statuses about the uh, Big Brother Jake podcast. Again, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake podcast. Spread the word. Let it be known to everyone and get familiar, y'all. All right? Until then, deuces. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake podcast.